good to be with you this morning. Glad that you're here this morning. I think we can continue singing and continue to be edified. And I hope that I don't do anything to hinder that this morning. You know, as we have a beautiful Sunday morning like this, and it's hard to believe that November is already almost half over, officially, I guess, tomorrow. But uh, there's a lot of things that I tend to reflect on in the fall as the weather gets cooler and the leaves start turning and, and all that. But all the things that we, we say that we try to be thankful for, that I try to be thankful for every single day of my life, I especially like this time of year because I'm thankful that it is sweater vest season. And I see that most of you did not get the memo. But nonetheless, as I talked this morning on the power of one, I'm talking a little bit about the influence that we may have. And obviously kind of tying that into my sweater vest theme, I have not influenced any of you and have not had the power over any of you to say, I want to get a sweater vest and I want to wear it. Um, so sometimes as we go through our lives and we think about how insignificant we are, it's hard for us to fathom the power that we contain and the power that we have. And hopefully as we go through the lesson this morning, you're going to see and be able to reevaluate yourself and continue to evaluate yourself on a daily basis as far as the power that each of us have. You know, we've had a lot of lessons on pride and how we're not supposed to do, lift ourselves up and not to be haughty in spirit, to be humble, humility, all those things. And yes, there is a time, there is a place that that has to be there, but we don't need to let that hinder us from the duty that we all contain and the power that each one of us has as individuals. You know, it's important for us, I think, to understand when we talk about the power of one, kind of the fact that we look at ourselves and say, well, I don't really influence anybody else. But if you really think about it deep down, no matter what your acquaintances are, no matter who you come in contact with, you influence more people than what you think. We've had some opportunities this year to visit uh, the East Coast and kind of deal a little bit more with tides. We don't deal with tides coming in and tides going out. In this, this part of the country, we do very little. It has to do with moisture, it seems like, in this part of the country. But uh, we recently came back from the East Coast in Charleston where they had a king tide that uh, the waters had raised uh, higher than they typically do on a regular tide, and it was called a king tide. And uh, a lot of that sometimes we don't think about, but we had a particular place that after that king tide that they talked about, that's the time that the ocean has a tendency to wash up a lot of things, sometimes more so than what they typically do. And a lot of beachcombers go out, and we uh, went out, uh, Craig and I went out to the beach and started looking for treasures that were on the beach. And most of you probably have heard this story before, but it kind of made me think about uh, the story of the starfish and not original to me in any form or fashion, and most of you have probably heard this before, but for those younger ones maybe in the audience that haven't, I kind of wanted to share this. And when we think about how maybe insignificant we feel like we are as individuals, that we don't wield any power in our lives, that we don't really have that much influence on anyone in our lives, we need to think about this story here. And if I do nothing else this morning, I hope I've can challenge each of you to think 
that I can make a difference not only in my life, but in the lives of others that I come in contact with. So the way the story goes is the tides come in from time to time, and I guess during starfish season, I don't know if there's actually a starfish season, but when the starfish are multiplying, the tides can come in and leave a lot of starfish on the beaches. And a lot of times those starfish, before the sun comes up in the evening, can't make it back to the water with the lower tides as they go out, and they will end up basically cooking on the beach. They will die there if they're not being taken care of. And, and the way the story goes is, a man was beachcombing and saw this little boy that was going down and picking up these starfish and tossing them back into the ocean one at a time. And he went up to the little boy and he said, what are you doing? The little boy says, I'm helping these starfish because they're going to die out here. And the man said, well, you can look at the beach. There are so many starfish that you're really not going to be able to make a difference. And he kind of didn't say a whole lot, picked up another starfish, threw it back in the water, looked at the man and said, I made a difference in that one. I made a difference in that one. We have to think about that in our lives and think about the power that we have. Typically, when we think about the power of one, we think about the office of the presidency and what kind of power that individual has. And when I think about influential presidents as far as influencing a nation and perhaps influencing the way that we live today, I think about Abraham Lincoln. I think about the fact that not only all of the things that he went through with the Civil War as it was raging on and all the turmoil that was going on through there, but the fact that he, with the Emancipation Proclamation, freed 3.5 million slaves. And yes, he had a cabinet, yes, he had a following, yes, he had people that were supporting him in that decision, but that decision ultimately fell down to him signing off onto it and making that difference for so many individuals in their lives and how they were going to be. And you might say in your life, you say, well, I'm not ever going to be president. I don't want to be president. And I dare say most of you are like that. I don't think I would even qualify to ever be president. Not that I would ever have that de desire to be president, but we think about those individuals that have so much influence on other people. And then we get down to what we say is our level, so to speak. And we think considering the president of the United States and Mike Hayes just don't have a whole lot of influence on people. Psalms chapter 8 and verse 3 and 4, David kind of had this uh, dilemma from time to time, contemplating a lot of things that we see in how he talks in the, in the books of Psalms that he actually was influential in, on writing. But this one always sticks to me, sticks out to me. Psalms chapter 8 is a great chapter. If you want to do memory chapter or memory verses, this is a good one, kids. Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, When I consider your heavens, the, works, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that you visit him. We talk a lot about the fact we are not worthy. He is mighty to save, as we sung this morning. We can have hope as we sing it as well with my soul. Our God is an awesome God. And we sing those songs, but we feel like we aren't worthy of what has been given to us. And we aren't. We weren't deserving of what Christ did for us on that cross. But the fact of the matter, what we have to each individually remember is that we are made in God's image. 
the very beginning. He made us in his image. We are his creation. And I don't know about you, but the things that God allows me to have an influence on making or creating in my life, the things, whether it's artistic or whether it's uh, the project I have going on at my house or other things like that, I give God the glory for allowing me to have that, but I still can kind of look back and say, this is something that if I hadn't taken the initiative to do, would not have happened, would not have made a difference. God looks at us, his creation, and has the same thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had the plan of salvation that has been given to us today. He is very mindful of of us no matter what we think. But we always have to remind ourselves that we are significant when it comes to the kingdom of God. It's not going to be a matter of freeing 3.5 million slaves. It's not going to be a matter of us running for an office of presidency so we can influence the people of this planet. What it's going to be is that we can use the power that is given to us to influence others to accept Christ and accept that gift that has been given to us so that we can be made perfect through Christ and so that we can have that hope of eternal life that is, that is offered to us through what we have. There's a lot of times when we are looking at ourselves and talking about the significance when we think about another great man going to the Bible in 2 Kings 5 and verse 1. Naaman is a man that I have a lot of respect for. It's one that uh, studied many scriptures. You can pull out so many lessons and life lessons, not just for the, for the pulpit, for individual study from the, uh, from the story of Naaman. But in Second Kings, he was a great man. Now, there was turmoil in Syria. There were so many things going on. That the, the world was at war. There were so many uh, battles that were going on and fight for, for borders and so forth and so on. And we meet Naaman in 2 Kings 5 and 1. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of, of, the king of Syria, was a, great, was a great and in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. So we have kind of a level of, of a leader in a battle, a leader over troops, so to speak. We've, we've talked a little bit about Abe Lincoln and a presidency, but this commander had a lot of influence as far as the troops were concerned, as far as the battles that were being raged during that time. And this was a very great man that had a lot of influence over what was going to happen. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 20 talks about the fact that each of us will kind of have our own gifts and uh, when, we, when we look at 2 Timothy 2, it talks about study earlier on in the scriptures. It talks about studying to show ourselves approved, not, not to be ashamed of where we're at. And in verse 20, we pick up to it, it says, But in a great house there were not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself for the, from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. So we think about it in, 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 in your role, and I think that's what we have to do sometimes is kind of clarify what my role, what our roles are as Christians, what our roles in the, are in this world that we are passing through. How do we use that to our advantage? And then we think, well, I'm not a vessel of gold. I'm not a vessel of silver. I may not even feel like I'm worthy of clay or wood to be molded, but as it tells us here, if we use 
our honor, if we get rid of the dishonor in our life and use it for every good work, it doesn't matter if we're made of wood, made of clay, or we feel like we're made of gold. It doesn't matter if we have an influence on one or if we have an influence on 3.5 million. It doesn't matter if we have the influence on one or the influence of those troops, as Naaman did, to be able to influence that. So let's go back to the story of Naaman. And it's a lot of reading, but I think it's important. A lot of times we don't go through these scriptures verse by verse and we recap it, but I think for the, the, the younger audience here too, in case you haven't heard this story, and again, the challenge I would have for each of you is so many lessons that could be taken out of this uh, scripture about Naaman in Second Kings chapter 5 that's important for us to be able to um, take these and use them to, again, to show ourselves approved. Second Kings 5 and verse 1 says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and in the eyes of his master, because of him by the Lord had, had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He had a physical problem that he had in his life. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back a captive, a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she, then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that ye may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive? That... Uh, that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. The Naaman went with his horses and his chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house, and Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better all than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. His servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more when he says to you, wash and be clean? So often, and this is where I am so much like Naaman, we are given a plan. We are given the scriptures that are laid out for us. We have a lot of resources, especially in this congregation of, of very wise individuals, men and women both, that can help us through what we have. But sometimes that plan that is given to us, we want to have our own plan. We want to do it our way. We want to take that power that we have and say, I am in control when we don't yield that. And that part we do need to yield to God. 
to Christ and to his plan of salvation has been given to me. And, and like Naaman, it's like I expected something great. He had a plan in his mind for how he was going to be healed. He had heard about this person that could heal him. He had heard about what could be done. And in his mind, he had already expected, uh, had turned out to be expecting something different than the plan that was given to him. And the Jordan was a dirty river. He said, why can't I go and wash and be clean? But luckily, there was somebody who had enough wisdom to say, if they had told you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child, and he was clean, and he returned to the man of God, he said, and all his aids, and came to him, came and stood before him. He said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. As we look at this and the fact that he did follow through with the plan that was given to him through multiple people, this has always stood out to me as a story that I'm like, so many individuals were influential in his cleansing. And when we think of the power that we have or the power we feel like we don't have or the power we feel like we wish we had, we've got to think about some small things that happened in the story that made a huge difference. The Israelite girl that was taken captive. And we think about the plan that was given to her and what she was doing was she was talking to Naaman's wife. Naaman's wife heard from the girl and passed that on as we go through this. And then the king of Syria got involved. The king of Israel got involved. Elisha got involved and this is where Obviously, at this point, with all the, the entourage that Naaman went to with, expected Elisha to come out and work a miracle for him. That didn't happen for him. What did Elisha do? He sent the messenger out to tell him what you need to do. It was very important for that individual to do that. And then, after he said, he was furious and said, why can't I have my plan? Why can't I do it my way? Why do I have to go to this river? The servants said, if they had told you to do something great, you would have just done it, wouldn't you? So you think about everything that had to go right for Naaman, everything that had to happen in this particular reading, in these 15 verses that we read, in order for Naaman to be cleansed of his leprosy. Now think about you as an individual and think about how sometimes you feel like the little things you do, the little things you say, they don't mean anything to anybody. And then I want you to go back and say, yes, they do mean something to everybody. And sometimes we think and put that into worldly terms, which I think as brothers and sisters in Christ, that is huge, the support that we have one for another. But how many times do you not know how many people are praying for you that you may not even realize they're praying for you? How many times is it that young captive girl who really shouldn't have been there to begin with, but she was forced to be there, but she still looked at this man and realized that he had a job to do, and she knew somebody who could make a difference. And we, too, know somebody that can make a difference. We have to understand our role. Naaman had to understand their role, and everybody that we have listed on this board did understand that they had a role to play in helping Naaman be cleansed from leprosy. I'm not turning this into Ancestry.com, 
But I think it's important that we talk about the power that individuals have. This is Gunner, Texas in 1955. Uh, this was actually at, uh, taken at uh, the 50th anniversary of what would be my great-grandparents. Uh, Willie Hayes and Mary Frances Kelly Hayes were my great-grandparents and I share those great-grandparents with several people in the audience this morning. Those individuals, and you see the big group there, and I'm not saying that each one of these, I don't know the individu every individual. I know most of them on here, and I know most of them that have been added to the kingdom. Uh, but it's important to understand that decisions that Willie, as he's known as, and Fanny, Willie and Fanny made in their lives, in their personal lives, had influential power over me. Now, I did meet uh, Fanny when I was a young child, she was very old at the time. I knew her. I never knew Willie. I never knew my granddad, who is uh, actually there uh, pictured. I'll get to him in just a minute. But you may see some individuals here that you don't recognize from the, from the screen, maybe, that are in the audience. I know at least two of them are in the audience today. And Marshall LaRue, LaRue Pinkerton and Darlene Teal. And think of the influence that those ladies have had. And I've only been in this congregation for not even quite two years now. And I've known them all my life, but they've already influenced me positively in my walks with, with Christ and, and, and letting my light shine and just been a positive influence over the years to me. And we think about how influential we are to this group right here and as we get older continuing that through the generations that come the grandkids that are born the great-grandkids that are born and then my granddad Robert Hayes and uh, my grandmother Gertrude Hayes which actually brought me to Plainview lots of times when I was younger uh, at that time that are pictured here and the influence they had on me and then my dad that's sitting in the bottom right there and thinking about all those individuals that are pictured there and all the individuals that may be sitting here in this audience today that were influenced not necessarily maybe to obey the gospel maybe not necessarily to do everything right because none of these people I guarantee in this picture were perfect just like you and me but influenced generations to come that are still in this congregation today and I think it's important for us to understand the decisions that we make in our lives every single day can make a difference in somebody positively or negatively and obviously the honor and dishonor that we read about in second timothy is important that we do it with honor that we make those decisions understanding that poor decisions on our part as parents and as grandparents as aunts and uncles can make a difference in individuals from time to time if we're not careful at some point or another not knowing exactly what happened in their lives, but Willie and Fanny made a decision, just like Joshua did, that they were going to serve the Lord. Very familiar, it's on a lot of plaques, but I'm going to read it anyway. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's important that we understand the insignificant individual we are can have an influence and have that power over individuals just by saying and making a statement, we will serve the Lord and we will do it to the best of our ability and we will do our best to follow the scriptures. 
Scriptures talk about in Hebrews chapter 12, and I know it's talking about the, the, the men and women of faith that, that we can look at and study and show and, and, uh, and be encouraged by this cloud of witnesses that we have. But I guarantee you, those two ladies in the back pew back there, LaRue and Anne, both are a witness, have been a witness to me in my life as far as how God works through them and in this congregation. Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before us endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, at the right hand of the throne of God. It's important that those cloud of witnesses that we have and the individuals that can influence us in our life, hopefully positively, those that we can lean on in the hard times, those that we can turn to when we need help and strength in this life, not only physically and spiritually, it's important that we have the scriptures, that we go back and look at those witnesses and clouds of witness and that we continue to witness and let our generations continue to know about that. Now, before we move on to the power that Christ had, the power of that one that influenced every individual in this earth and can influence every individual in this earth to have eternal life, I think it's important for us to kind of reflect and say, Mike, that's a very good story that your family has had, but that's not my family. That's not my family. My family didn't go to church. I wasn't raised in the church, as we'd like to talk about in the Church of Christ so often. That's not my story. Let me tell you, as individuals here that may have that story that says, I am the first one, it had to start someplace. It had to start with one that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it would be kind of neat if you're the first one in your family that has accepted and been added to the kingdom, that that influence that you may have on future generations at 70, down, 70 years down the road, when maybe somebody's speaking up here at that point, if Christ hasn't come before that point, that they will have maybe a picture of your family that has influenced so many individuals to accept Christ in the kingdom. And I'm talking specifically about blood family in what I talked about this morning, but think about the influences here that that blood family has had possibly and probably on every individual that's not in their immediate family to accept Christ. I think it's important for us to understand that if your story doesn't start back with being raised in the church, I commend you for being here, but be the first in your generation if you haven't accepted Christ to start that, that you're going to serve the Lord and influence your future generations that come. Christ and the death that he did for us on the cross is so amazing and that power ultimately that he had as one individual coming in as God in the flesh to be sent down to this earth. Again, God understanding we are his creation and he loves us. Romans 5, verse 6 and 8 says, when, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And again, that perfection that comes to us that we're not worthy of, the only way that we can be perfect is to be robed in that blood of Christ so that we can have the remission of sin, so that we can have that hope of eternal life, so that once this earth passes by, 
that we will all be together and reunite in heaven. John chapter 15 and verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this to lay than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And there's so many in this life as we try to make influence and use that power that we may have over others that want to do it their way. They're like Naaman. They say, I expected something great. I want this big show. I want, you know, the, the hoopla that comes with it. And if I don't feel emotional and want to just come down to the front, front aisle to be saved, then apparently it's not stirring me that much. We want to do it sometimes in this life, and individuals who we run into, they want to do it without following the commandments. It's important that we can help influence others by following the commandments that has been given to us and laid out for us in the scripture. John 8 and verse 12, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. Who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That light that has been given to us, that light that we continue to help so that we might have a path and that we might be able to see that path. It's important for us to follow that power that Christ has given to us. And John 14 in verse five, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And how often are we asking that question in our lives? We just don't know. We don't know what's going on. We don't have to have all the answers as far as to the, the meaning of life or maybe how many people do I influence. We've got to trust God for the increase that has been given. We plant the seed, we water, and God gives the increase to those things that happen in this life. But it continues to say, Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Very simply, Jesus Christ is the answer, and he's got the power to save through that blood that he shed, the death, burial, and resurrection that he gave to us, that God gave to us through the eternal plan, and then the commission that we have, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And the question that I have down at the bottom is, are you significant to God's plan? I can tell you I haven't had the influence or I'm not the influence or I should have been at certain times in my life. Hopefully I haven't negatively influenced anybody to go down the wrong path, but I have to be careful of that. We have to be careful with that every single day in what we do and understanding that as we go through the story of Naaman and we look at all these individuals that were part of that salvation, that part of that cleansing of the leprosy for Naaman, there were so many people that took place in order for Naaman to be cleansed of his leprosy. And ask yourself, who are you in your story? It's not about Naaman. It's not about Bible. It's, a, it's about who are you in your story? Are you the grandparent that's influenced? Are you the parent? Are you the aunt and uncle, the cousin, the friend, the coworker? Just the acquaintance that came along? Are you letting your light shine? So just maybe the person you see at the counter uh, or the waitress that you see when you're going to a restaurant can see the light of Christ in you and possibly be able to be influenced by that power that you have that has been given to us. You know, God's plan for salvation could have been done any number of ways, but he had a plan to have his apostles come. And those 12 apostles actually made disciples of men. And then Christ died on the cross and gave us the power to be able to tell that good news and give that gospel and spread that gospel to everybody and that power that Christ had that power that he had as individuals is over every single individual in this entire world 
but it's up to us to be our part, to play the role that we have, whether we're the young little girl that's taken captive, maybe we're, we feel like we're in captive in Plainview, America, and we, you know, we, this isn't where we want to be, but use that influence that you have to be able to make a difference in somebody's life. And to finish it out, to understand that we need to give God the glory in all things, but God gives you the power. It's up to us to use it. Proverbs 3 and 27. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it to you when you have it with you. A lot of wisdom in that because sometimes it's like I don't seize the moments that I have to say this is the time to help this individual. And as this proverb tells us, like we have it right there in our hands, why don't we just go ahead and give it to them? Into our hands the gospel is given, is the song that we sing. Into our hands it is given to us. Are we sharing that with others? If you're here this morning, have been taught and would like to become perhaps the first in your family to become a member of the kingdom, to start the legacy and hopefully influence your future generations, if you're here this morning and you're part of that family that may have accepted Christ and feels like they need the strength and the power that we have as individuals, the power that the eldership has to be able to pray on your behalf to help strengthen you, the power that we have as individuals to lift you up and encourage you in your life. If you're here and you have a need this morning, we ask you to come forward and have a seat on the front pew as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.